1: Welcome back to Ozbiz Live from our Barangaroo studios. Ten stocks picked by you. I put them to two experts. We do it in one hour. It is the call, and great to have your company on this Monday. Um, A lot to get through, and uh, two blokes who are very popular with uh, all our viewers of the call are with us today, Gaurav Sodi from InvestSmart, Gaurav, how are you sir? Good to see you. Nice to see you, David. Uh, yeah. And Matan from Deep Data Analytics. Nathan, good to see you. Good to be back. Um, well, today, um, mm. uh, Gaurav is the chief fanboy of uh, Ordinate, <laughs> uh, they've just come out with a, a cracking update, shares up $2. Uh, up to about 18 bucks now, I think they uh, are. you, you Cossie, were now, on a call yeah. at five bucks saying
0: look, this was a $20 stock. Don't make the mistake of following the share price because I think if you do that, you end up oh, you're rid
1: of it. <laughs> no, no, the, the risk here
0: is that you either look at the share price and you just don't buy it, or you look yep. at the share price and you sell too soon because these guys um, the valuation I know as my colleagues keep reminding me looks looks ridiculous Um, but it's always look ridiculous because you need to understand the larger narrative that's happening here and what they're doing is they're creating a monopoly then their aim is to is to um, is to carry 100% of industry profits now there aren't too many businesses in on the ASX that can claim to potentially collect the entire profit pool in an industry, but this is one of them. And because that's the case. For the globe, yes. That's right, for the entire industry, yes. And so, um, because that's the case, you need to be particularly unaware of the valuation. It's not something you often hear value investors say, but it's it's an example of a flexible mindset. You need to ignore the the price. So, this morning's
1: announcement update proves they can deliver on these high multiples, in your view?
0: Well, there are, there are two things that are really important. And for a long time, we've been focusing on the um, operational dominance of the business. They first have to prove they have a monopoly, then they have to prove they can monetize it. Yep. So today's result, and I would go even further and say last year's result was absolutely instrumental in showing that they can monetize what is, I, I think, effectively a monopoly. And that went even further today. So we saw gross margins of 70% plus maintained, um, really good cash flow and that was really important because cash had been lagging in the last period um, and um, and really strong revenue and profit growth so it, it's the revenue top line is growing the profits are scaling and the cash flow is coming in that is the trifecta Koshi that's exactly what we want to see now we've got to keep an eye on this operational part of the business make sure the the monopoly remains intact but as long as that's the case they've now shown they can monetize and so you've got these this very powerful yeah, momentum building in the business now, and um, and, and I think it's got a, a little while longer to run.
1: Okay, he'd uh, like a gross <laughs> margin of seventy percent.
2: Yep, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Do you agree? Oh, it's tough. Um, on the numbers, it's scary. Uh, but look, we've always agreed Altium and Ordinate were the best two tech uh, yep. platform techs, right? And they're showing yeah. why they are. And to put some context, growth stocks in the last year and a half. Have had a phenomenal run, despite interest rates where they are. Uh, so for me, you really have to be careful here. Um, but look, if you're going to pick a play on growth stocks, you know, if you're holding Altium and Ordinate, well, you know, you can take the risk. Right. But okay. my, my worry would be you would always take some off the table. That strategy hasn't worked in the last six months, uh, nine months, but. That is the strategy. It's a longer-term numbers game, right? So in that context, I'll probably take some money off the table, but both of them are killing it. Uh, You know, Altium, we thought it would get taken over at two bucks. It's 52 (laughs) bucks. So, you know, it's one of those things that you look at and go, they're great businesses, Aussie businesses, and they're doing well. I mean, I I think great for them. I'm I'm happy for them, but as a numbers guy, I just can't. You you take profits? I would take at least (laughs) partly profit and come back. Okay.
1: All right, let's take a look at the stocks we're covering in this half hour because uh, we got a bit distracted there on Audit 8, <laughs> but it's been a popular discussion mm. for years here on the call with these two. Um, this half hour, Centaurus Metals, DUG Technology, Alligator Energy, South32 and NAB. Stock of the day was on Audit 8. As I said, we got distracted. Thought we'd take a look at JB Hi-Fi, again, another really popular stock. Here on the call, reporting a slide in first half net profit, consumers pulled back. On discretionary spending amid elevated inflation though the result was ahead of market expectations half-year sales uh down two percent company said trading environment became more challenging over the half year as competition rose and there was increased on floor discounting Our dividend trimmed down to a dollar a share from a dollar 97. uh Nathan, um outdid
2: market expectations what do you see the results? Oh, look, I I don't think retail was going to struggle on the result because the last period is, you know, as good as it gets yeah. for me. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see how consumers do in 2024. I struggle to see them holding up because we've seen the rates go up and that's beginning to come through. JB Hi-Fi is, you know, one of the top performers in the retail sector, quality players, yeah. and all the quality ones have The died. market
1: like today, though, yeah. look at that. Mm. sort of share price uh, was coming down in anticipation of today's result and now it's popped back up. Uh, Yeah, I mean,
2: look back to a five-year high. Yeah, it was around 60 bucks, (laughs) I think, a month ago. uh, And it's now bounced back to where it was. Um, For me, look, this is, These are classic cyclicals. This is one of the best performers out there. I think apart from Chemist Warehouse, these guys shove more stuff in front of your eyes um, and you buy random (laughs) things that you don't need. Uh, So they're good at what they do. Um, They're in the perfect cycle, but this is a cyclical. And one thing I have learned is you buy these kind of retail stocks when interest rates are going up because people are spending too much money. When interest rates are going down, people are not spending that much money. So I would say, as good as it gets, I mean, all the weak retailers haven't really bounced as much. These guys have done well. You are getting, you know, and everyone knows it. It's not like it's a surprise in JB Hi-Fi. So I'd be looking somewhere else. um, So you're selling? I'd be selling. It's it's a classic cycle sell. Gaurav, would you sell?
0: Well, having gloated about Ordinate, I think I should take my um, comeuppance on JB. I've been wrong on this stock for a long time. Yep. And it's a really curious business actually, I, I think it's a good example of a business where the market position dominates some of the business basics, because when, when I look at JB I see a business with a really unsophisticated um, distribution and network strategy. So they don't have any DCs, um, suppliers distribute um, inventory directly to the store, an incredibly uh, inefficient way to do, um, uh, to do stock management. And, um, and then that makes it very difficult to launch an online business successfully. So if you're wondering why you know, JBHiFi.com is not a, one of the dominant online retailers, it's because they have to, someone has some st- poor staff member has to go into the messy back room, pick out the stock you want, put it in a parcel and shove it back. That's how they do online you, you audits. You know, yeah. just
2: to jump in, you are exactly right. Whenever I try to buy stuff there, <laughs> yes. and I want to buy something a bit more yeah. unique, you realize, actually, they're not that well coordinated no. as you would think for a tech, selling platform yeah right doesn't actually it's it's a very
0: simple i would call it an unsophisticated retailer um uh, another example is um i I think the results of the last five or six years have ballooned because the way we buy um mobile phones has changed from buying into the carriers where used to be you know you walked into your tolstra store you get a 50 percent subsidy on your hands that you pay by the month now everyone goes into um uh, the retail point and you purchase your phone at the retail level so billions of dollars of industry sales have gone from and the then carriers just buy into yep, yep. into the retail channel and jb hi-fi is so dominant in the retail channel think about who's their competition yeah. harvey norman is if, if 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 i'm critical of jb hi-fi i'm scathing of harvey norman that is a poor retailer right. that whose results are very difficult to I explain, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but they benefit from that. So look, I, I've, I've looked at those points and I think those points have dominated my thinking and I've missed that this is, we've been it's talking amazing. about monopolies, this is another one. This who do, Who's going to compete with JB Hi-Fi? Yep. They've locked up all the store locations, they're the lowest cost retailer in the world that's probably good enough. So yes, I'm, I'm happy to take my lumps on JB. You've been wrong about it, but what an extraordinary business it is. Yeah. So um, what would you be doing now at 60 bucks? I would be holding it. I think, no I think this is one of these stocks that you just, you just hold for a long time because look, the, the valuation- it's a
2: it, it it's not an ordinate. Door. I mean, I, I get yeah. your argument with ordinate. It's yeah. a structural growth.
0: Rate. Sorry, we're just going. <laughs> <to> go. <laughs> it's a cyclical. Yeah, car. no, I understand that. I I, 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 used to be that way. Come on, as well. you
2: can't be buying but this at sixty a, bucks.
0: This is a. I'm not saying buying it. But oh. I would quietly hold it. I would, this is a stock you can put in your bottom drawer and hold for oh. a very long time. They the valuation good. is not demanding this is an extraordinary no, business an extraordinary i will, I will
2: argue with that because when valuations are not exp- in a retail i want ugly valuations yeah. because no, if, if, true, true if for it's that. cheap that one, everyone knows I, know, I
0: understand what you're saying yeah I yeah, know. Yeah, we've yeah. had this argument but i think this is i mean um this is not some up and coming grower. Yeah. This, this is a very dominant business i think it's really hard to disrupt it's a bit like a woolies or a or is it hard to disrupt? Yeah. Ah, uh, I think when the can- How we long list- Amazon being, been around? Yeah. Amazon, the most sophisticated distribution network in sure. the world, has not managed to knock, make a dent on JB Hi-Fi. I, I,
2: the thing with JB Hi-Fi in Australia, it's unique. We have like, the distribution doesn't really work in Australia, the, they, we get ripped off in everything and <laughs> we have no choice. And uh, let me tell you, as someone who was born overseas, when you come here, you go, what the? Um, and it is true. And JB High is very good, yeah. but uh, if the consumer, I, I honestly think on the numbers, I can't see how consumers get through t- 2024 without something dramatic changing.
0: I'm sure so. that's that's true as well. I, I just think that if, you, if you're if you a long-term investor, in 10 years time, this stock will be as, as dominant as- Oh, and I don't more disagree. I, I think the today. two
2: or three big, big guys is yes. Super Retail, JB Hi-Fi and Premier, right? They right. will always be there. Now, my thing is, it's not about how dominant they're going to have off the pie, but I think the pie will shrink. Right. It's a cyclical plan. Okay.
1: All right. Let's get on to the uh, stocks you want us to have a look at. Um, First up, Andy wants a view uh, guys on Centaurus Metals. Andy says, is CTM an opportunity? There were spec buyers a year ago when the price was much higher. Um, Is the share price fall all due? to the price of nickel, or is something else happening? And of course, it's got the Jaguar nickel sulfide project uh,
2: in Northern Brazil. Um, what do you reckon, mate? Uh, first thing I would say it has, it's burning about nine to 10 mil a uh, quarter, mm-hmm. has 41 mil run rate burning per year, has 34 mil.
0: That's
2: right. <laughs> Cat raise. Cap raise, yeah, right. Uh, so yep. that's why the share is not doing well. Uh, brokers will right, come up with a good story, uh, but there's a cap, cap raise coming in the next mm-hmm. six to okay. nine months.
0: All right. Yep. So you would uh, just avoid, yep. No, mess uh, done exactly what, I, what I've written down. Um, I got 35 mil in the cash and nine, nine million bucks a quarter burning <laughs> exactly. in cash, cap capital raise coming. Six months. But um, I think that disguises um, the larger picture that's happening in nickel. And it's, yeah. I don't think this has gotten enough. Enough attention, but nickel has been completely disrupted. I don't think we're going through a cyclical change here. This is not oh. this is not nickel price um, rising and falling in, in in ordinary cyclical fashion. I think we're seeing a structural change in the price Why? of nickel. There's been a technology change where um, nickel can pe- be produced in two ways. You have a sulfide ore, which the Jaguar project yep. is, which is when the nickel is neatly trapped in rock, and you can liberate that nickel very easily and in a low-cost manner. It's been done for hundreds of years. Laterite ore is when the nickel is stuck in the rock in a very complex manner and you have to use all sorts of magic tricks and wizardry to get that nickel out. So in the past these giant laterite ore bodies have basically been big chunks of nickel in the ground that have been uneconomic to produce but new technology particularly out of China has meant that um, uh, processing techniques for laterite ores have been perfected. Mm. And you can see the impact of that in nickel production, particularly from Indonesia, which is an island filled with crappy quality nickel. Right, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so they have been using Chinese technology to produce stunning quantities of output of nickel. And I, you know, that comes at an enormous mm. environmental cost, which is why we don't do it in Australia. Yep. Um, and they wouldn't do it in the US, and they wouldn't do it in Canada. But they're happy to do it in China and Indonesia, right. and I don't think that's going to change. You've got you've got right. um, an influx of supri- supply that's not going anywhere. That nickel price is, I'm afraid, cooked, um, and I think um, a lot of stocks are cooked that's with it. This is a good-looking ore body. This is yeah. um, I would have, I would have um, picked this ore body to go ahead and become very profitable, um, but um, now I'm well, not so sure. Look at the
2: IGO share price, and then it tells
0: you IGO deserve to be where they are. That is a harsh um that they have completely stuffed that thing up do
2: you think that because yeah. western area yeah completely yeah, yeah stuffed i, I up. agree uh, but before that it was on display actually we yeah. were in it before that and we got out because the valuation got rich and then minute we sell it they buy the <laughs> lithium thing and then the you know Western areas, it was just went berserk. Yeah. Now it's below what we sold for. So it's amazing how the this goes down. All right, let's get on to our next stock, DUG
1: technology. Anthony wants a view on that. Anthony says I've taken a small position in the company as I try and gain greater understanding and await their interim results. Um, Um, The reason Anthony wants a greater understanding is because it's a technology company providing high performance computing as a service, scientific data analysis services, and software solutions for the technology and resources sector. Uh, Like you, Anthony, I need a better understanding of what the hell they do. Uh, Gorab, do you know?
0: Yeah, I've never heard of this company before. Um, When I looked at the presentations, I was very quick to write this business off Yep. because I hate the gobbledygook and the bullshit that gets poured out of these, a lot of these tech companies. Yep. And I feel as though they try to bamboozle and obscure rather than to illustrate what their business actually does. I couldn't make heads or tails of that, but I have no idea what this company does. Yep. I was prepared to completely like, um, strike it away. But then when you turn to the financials, <laughs> um, they actually look pretty good. So this is, um, the numbers here, uh, much, much better than I thought they would be. Uh, 50 million revenue, which is, um, which is more than I would have thought. Um, cash position is building. Um, I will say that the margins here are much lower than I expected. Uh, we're only talking 50% mm-hmm. gross margins. I would have expected a business like this to be up at the 70, 80% mark. So that's something to question. And I would also note that the revenue growth is weird. It's lumpy, non-linear, and um, I can't, there's something else coming on here. It's right. clearly not recurring revenue. It looks like it's project work. Um, but I would put this, for me myself, I don't understand yeah. what's going on here. I put this in the too hard basket. The technology right. makes no sense to me. But if you are into technology, I would pop this on the watch list and I would do my darndest to try and go through it. Because there is something yeah. interesting happening here.
1: Because it's popped in the last three or four weeks ago. So right. I went, to the company announcements Oh, right. Okay. Because I didn't understand the website either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, went to the company announcement, and the only one I could find, which I think was the 2nd of February or whatever, um, was opening a, a new facility. I didn't quite, <laughs> didn't quite understand what that did either. <laughs> but, <laughs> so it must have been yeah. good. People in the know. Do, do you know what it does?
2: Uh, good. I was waiting for him to <laughs> I'm Yeah, I didn't see anything that right. screamed at me as competitive advantage.
1: Okay, I'm. I'm going to have to put
2: this on yeah. the old,
1: the odds biz list to yeah. get the managing yeah. director. And can you ask them on? to speak
0: English and just explain in plain what English? What you do you do? Let but me give okay. an example here. Hang on, I've got this. I've got um, it, uh, it. They have tech leadership in data processing with multi-parameter param- full waveform inversion. I mean, mm. come on. Yeah. If you're putting that. In, uh, a, in an ASX presentation, you're taking the piss. I mean, that yeah, is, so that's silly.
2: Again, this kind of business, I would assume that would be consistent growth because of scale. As they get bigger, they will get more money, da-da-da. But it's not quite that. And the stock's run up. Yeah, you know, It's
0: underperformed, and then it's just run up with the tech stocks. Like the classic tech stock. I would forget. I would forget about the share price, even forget about the financials. One needs to understand and what it does, what value it yeah, adds, I mean, what it actually yeah. does. Like you need and to know what they, they can't explain it. With, yeah, <laughs> either, so, we're too dumb to like, understand it. All For me, the, it, one the one worry is, and I was,
2: I was thinking, Graf's good at this, so he should come up with something. Because <laughs> mm. I thought I was stupid. So uh, you know,
1: that, that, that's why I started with. Yeah, George. I, I but no, no, I was
2: like, I couldn't work it out. I was like, he's got to come up with something, and I went no okay um, and so <laughs> no idea. this this seems like a thematic play hmm. and it's it's run up hard and I can't work out why I mean you for me growth stocks are a bit risky here because of what has happened and the growth value cycle has dramatically run for growth stocks driven yep. by the big tech so like you've got the tech stocks you need to be in things that you trust you understand how they're going to grow organically or through acquisition I Don't see a competitive advantage. Uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm a big fan of tech stocks when they have a competitive advantage. I can't. And if
0: I mean, yeah, never forget Apple, right? Yes. I remember five years ago. You know how many people said it's AI. Everyone, every analyst, just just praising Apple's, singing Apple's praises, watching that share price soar with zero understanding of that business, and that stock is down 95% and probably going lower. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. like I'm not We're saying not that's saying happening no no, 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 no. We've got to understand. But that's and we'll find understand. out more. Yeah. We'll put yeah. it you on understand. our list. Yeah, it's
2: we can't a- work it out.
1: Yeah, It's returners been mega. All right. Next up, Jason wants a view on alligator energy, mining and exploration of uranium, uh, have the Sapphire, Big Lake, Alligator Rivers uh, and Piedmont um, areas. Jason says, is it the right term uh, time for a medium-term play in the uranium sector. It seems to be flying under the radar uh, <laughs> so far, compared to other companies like Boss Energy, Deep Yellow, and Next Gen.
0: Let me assure you, uranium is not flying under the radar. No, 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 no alligator energy.
2: <laughs> is I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, we liked uh, uranium. The thematic is good, but it's definitely not under the radar. I mean, right. it's 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 the new lithium, uh, you know, it's everywhere. Yep. Uh, so you want to be, for me, when it's that hot, you need to be in producers who are taking advantage of the cycle yep. right now, right? Right. So we were in Boss, uh, in our fantasy yes. portfolio, we moved to Paladin because yep. the producers, they take advantage and Paladin's gone from, what, well, in about seven, eight months, it's gone from about 60 cents to $1.40. Yep. Um, so that's how you get the leverage. So if you're in a hot sector, and you want to play the momentum game, go to the producer. The producers will run. The others carry much higher risk. So for me, if you're gonna go there, go to the producer, you're not playing the other guys. So no for alligator. Yeah, for me, it's not there. Because if if the cycle turns, you're gonna be the first one on the chopping block. Right. Where the producers will get a bit bit more buffer. So So go
0: for a paladin. Yeah,
2: you go for a producer.
0: I've got two, I've got one beef with this business, and I've got one of general comment about uranium. The beef is when you go through the company, they're explaining their uh, project, which is a, a, a heap leach project, and in situ leach. You know, they, they pump sulfuric acid into the ground and uh, it dissolves the uranium, and it sort of comes to the surface. So it's a non-invasive way to mine. The biggest uranium mines in the world produce this way. Mm. Um, and so it's, that's the kind of deposit you kind of want. This is the route to low cost production. But when you go through the, the company numbers, um, management with a straight face tells you that their discount rate is 8% on a small project um, that is not even in production when in the bank you can get 5.5%. Now, that is lunacy. And that alone would cause me to close the investment deck and just put it away. If management is... is I mean, it's it's unbelievable that they're claiming an eight percent discount rate Mm. i mean this this is um is lunacy Mm. so if you ever talk to alligator management ask them to explain how they can justify an eight percent discount rate and what happens to the project economics once you use proper market rates um, in double digits and then we'll see i mean the mpv of the the first project is already below the market cap so this is certainly not under the radar i just make a general point about Uranium, and, and we really, a, a very few times in investing, will, um, will a lesson be so clearly in front of you um, to learn from? We've just had, we've just had a lithium boom and bust, where lunacy took hold, where lithium prices, the narrative, um, brought all these crazy companies to silly valuations. I mean, Lake, uh, there's a whole list of yep. them, um, and that's all busted and collapsed people have lost millions billions of dollars collectively and that's happening again in, in uranium and just don't get caught up in these narrative so cycles. you're
1: saying get out of uranium i'm Stop. not
0: necessarily saying that uranium, uranium prices have risen because it's not because everyone's building uranium reactors we need to understand that okay we, it's risen because there's a shortage of sulfuric acid all over the world the largest producers in kazakhstan all pump sulfuric mm. acid into the ground to generate their to make their production and they can't meet their output targets. So Kazakhstan is the world's biggest producer. is massively under at the moment. Right. And so there's this this shortage of supply and that's driving the prices up. Now, that's legitimate. But that doesn't mean that they won't solve that problem. Nothing compels businesses to produce more than high prices that's, sustained over short-term so design. It's, so
1: it's not not just demand
0: for uranium. No. It no. is... A shortage not of just, supply just because most. of a shortage yeah. of sulfuric acid. Correct. At the moment. To get it out. At the moment. That's yeah. why we're seeing uranium prices at 100 solve. bucks. Right. I'm sure that will be solved. Someone, like, yeah.
2: all, that's the thing about, like, you never assume that something is forever. Yes. Right. Two years ago, every article was saying lithium shortage, lithium shortage, because that was the only answer oh, to no. batteries. Yeah. and. That we, what we found is with everything, there will be other solutions coming. Mm. It was always going to be a basket. I,
1: I have mentioned so many times when a uranium stock has come up on this panel for about the last three months, saying, "Isn't this a replica of lithium eighteen months ago?" Mm. Yeah. You know, tell me why it's not going to do the same. No, it, and it, oh, it's different. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's always, always
0: different. different. Yeah,
2: hence why I always said it's different this time. It's yeah, never yeah. different, no. right? And but then that's you know, th- this is the beauty of investment. P- you, it's not about uh, uh, the, the saying goes when you're in a forest and the uh, bear is chasing you you don't have to be the fastest guy you got to be faster than the fattest guy <laughs> yeah, right yeah. so it's the same thing in investing when it's thematics yeah. like this come in if you get in early yeah. you ride it and you leave some on the table and get out look
0: i'm not saying that uranium can't go higher but yeah. we can't treat that as a certainty we need to no. we need to bring some skepticism to the board here just look at the last uranium cycle in 2007 i was investing then i clearly remember Every presentation, every commentator saying there is no way we can meet uranium demand. And this was well before Fukushima. And what happened? The Kazakhstanis 10xed their production within three years because prices were so high. So yeah. you never see the solution yeah. until it turns up. So yeah. no one's going to produce a chart that shows you all this supply is coming. Everyone's going to show you a deficit. Just look at copper. For 20 years, I've been seeing charts <laughs> been where there's a shortage of copper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been hammering yeah, no one, no on that one, copper <laughs> thing. Because everyone yeah.
2: says it, and I'm going, but the copper is underperforming gold.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Has yeah. been for nearly a year yeah. plus. And I go, till that turns, I don't care what else you buy <laughs> if copper is not. But yep. look, I think uranium is running. Can it go higher? Yes. Am I going to sell right now? No. But at some point it will end. Yep. So all you right. have to know when yes, to get out. That's right. Okay. All right. Our next
1: stock is uh, South 32. Of course, uh, uh, copper, silver, lead, zinc, nickel, metallurgical coal spun out of uh, BHP all those years ago. Uh, Julian wants a view on it saying, last time I emailed in 18 months ago. Julian, welcome back. Uh, Gaurav was on the money. Oh. Don't do that, Julian. <laughs> uh, that. Advising to take profits around five bucks. Mm. I would love to hear his view if it's time to buy back in. Mm. Um, has its current cycle finished consolidating in that low $3 range? Um, good question, Julian, Go ahead.
0: Yeah, we've done this a few times. We've bought and sold South 32 very successfully over the years. Um, this might be different. I am a little concerned about South 32 this time. Um, I'm concerned because some of I've always regarded management very highly. I think they've done yep. all the right things operationally, they've been fantastic. I've liked the portfolio changes that have happened over the last decade or so since this business has been listed. And it's a, it's a management team that came straight out of um, BHP, never got a chance to run their own business. And when they did, they did a really good job. I just think there's a few hurdles at the moment. There's a few projects. So they bought this, this um, mine in Arizona, Hermosa. And they bought it based on the fact that they've managed to pro- process and successfully produce similar ore from Cannington in Queensland for a long time. And so the idea was they'd take that technology over to Arizona. Right. They'd, they'd develop this mine. It would make a bucket fall. And I think that was the right, right idea. When they did more research, they realized it was going to cost a lot more to develop. The deposit is not as rich as it originally seemed and now they've changed their investment plans mm. and they're doing something different with that mine. And I am concerned about that. I think if the investment case didn't work out, just do something else, um, look at something else. They've done something similar with, they bought a big um, copper deposit. Um, just don't think that's they paid a lot of money for it. I'm not sure it's, uh, it, yeah. it's, it's humming all that well. Okay. They've closed down most of their coal production. There's just a few things happening here with South32. Their balance sheet is now, I think, um, they've always carried huge amounts of cash. That has completely dwindled now. They're in a debt position, and I am worried about the balance sheet coming into what is now a rough part of the cycle. They have a big nickel mine over in Colombia That will be loss-making now, and I think we, can, we should ask management what the future plans are for their operation, because it probably won't be making profits anytime soon. So there are questions now for South32. This is by no means a poor business. It's got great management. Mm. We have to just see what their response is going to be to some of these new um, problems. Okay. So this is an avoid for now. Right. Um, I would not be in this stock at the moment. If you hold it, I'd also sell it and just watch from the sidelines. Um, but keep it on your watch list. This is a very good miner, uh, mm. but now is not the time to be jumping in.
1: Because you've been long time mm. praising yes, I have. the management. That's yep. a significant term, uh,
2: Nathan. Yeah, we we pretty much stayed out of all most commodities apart from gold um, for the nearly year plus, two years. Um, South 32 is, and I agree with Gurag, uh, on the numbers, they do, they do, it's the bad child coming good. Yeah. I mean, it's the ugly uh, assets that they didn't want. They did well with it. Um, but the cycle is against it. There's no Chinese data tell, telling me, apart from the fake stimulus stories that come out once a week. Um, <laughs> and um, apart from that, there's no other Chinese data that gives me the confidence to back it. And as we were saying before, copper is underperforming gold. Yeah. If China's doing stuff, copper is not going to underperform gold. So, you know, and South thirty two is the base metal play, the diversified base metal play. Mm. And again, that's not doing well. So I am looking at it every week, especially South thirty two. I look at it and like, you know, you look at all the diversified miners. You you got the Ino players. They've done well. Don't ask me why, because Ino is there. I can't explain that. I have no idea. And the (laughs) prices, even I, I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. Mm. Uh, But if I don't know, I'm not there. Uh, all the others, you know, the diversified applies. Minres, IGO, South Thirty Two, they've all gone wee. Mm. Right? And I don't see why they're gonna turn around. Right. So up to this point I don't I don't see any data point to back it to turn around. So I am staying outside, but I'm looking at it them every week. Okay. But not yet. Okay.
1: All right. Lily wants a view, Nathan, on National Australia Bank, one of
2: our big four banks. Uh, you know, I love seeing CEOs leaving because that's normally <laughs> ding, ding. Right. Uh, I remember the last cycle was Gail Kelly leaving mm. Westpac. Yep. Yep. That was a ding, ding. Yeah, so uh, Ross McEwen, for those who haven't
1: caught up, is leaving as MD of that last
2: Yeah, it's a beautiful 20-year chart of going nowhere and paying you dividends. So, <laughs> you know, you've done well collecting dividends um, and it's probably peak of its range. Mm. Um, and look, banks have done well uh, on the yep. hope there'll be rate cuts, I think those rate cuts gets pushed back uh, for a number of months probably later this year um, so there is the consumer related issue that'll play out interesting is the NAB is probably has the more uh, exposure to small business loans. yes uh, com- that's the only distinct compared to the rest um, and i don't think um, it's worth that um, it's had a good run uh, but look nobody cares I-, I can say this i say this in every presentation i do i'm going to tell you banks are overpriced and you're not going to care and right. nobody's going to care because they bought it really cheap and it's gone up and they get paid dividends and the government pretty much backs it. So they're not going to go bust. So right. you'll ride it. Uh, but look, at the moment, again, banks are expensive. You should, if you're a trader, you would sell. But long-term holders, they're not going to care. They'll ride it up and down. And okay. this is going to go lower. So hold
0: for long-term. Yeah. Look, I, I think they're fairly priced. So NAB's what, uh, 1.6, 1.7 times book, 5% yield, Seems fair. Australia is in seems to be doing okay.
2: You can buy, put it in the bank and get yes. 5%. Yes,
0: that was going to be my next point. <laughs> That's probably what I'd rather do. I just don't... This is not a great quality business. Um, and if you look back 20 years, everyone knows the stock's done nothing. It's lost market share pretty much on every business line. Um, it's not a great business. I just want to hold it. This is a sell. Yep. If you must own a bank, um, you know, one of the best banks in the world is CBA. You're just sitting there. <sighs> I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, I personally wouldn't buy the base. Were I'm you growling? Then, mate.
1: Yes, you're growling oh. about CBA. Mm. So you just stick with CBA if you're there's, on the big there's, four. There's no reason. I know, there is no it. logic to it, but no, people no
2: pay reason. higher multiple
0: for it. So okay. there you go. Well, all right. it's miles ahead when it comes to um, tech investment. So all that sunk cost. Uh, yeah, okay, um, I'll give you. Yep. You've got to pay for that.
2: All right, let's
1: recap the first five stocks. Uh, JB high five stock of the day. Hold from Gorab, sell from Nathan, Centaurus, uh, no from both um dug technology too hard from both don't understand even doing all the research into it Uh, we will put it on our list for oddsbiz um chief executives uh we'll target the dug ask him about waveform inversion yeah yeah (laughs) waveform just to explain what the hell they do Uh, alligator a no from both uh wooden be in uranium at all. Nathan is uh, with Paladin, stick with the producers. There will be a time uh, to get out though. South 32, a no from both Cell from Gorav. Uh, Nab, a Cell. Um, if you want a big four bank from Gorav, uh, just stick with CBA. Uh, long-term hold from maytham but if you're in the short term it's at the top of their range sell out um here on the call we've been tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund picked by the investment committee you can see the december uh, february committee meeting rather osbiz.com let's have a portfolio update in february challenger was sold santos added what um weightings <laughs> wait, of csl and macquarie were reduced and added to AUB and Karoon. And uh, the mark, uh, mm. the fund is up 23% at the moment. <laughs> All right, uh, and be sure to join us later this afternoon. Uh, we're gonna speak live with Arise Chief Executive uh, Andrew Harding on the back of those results. That's from 3 p.m. Eastern right here on Osbivs. All right, this half hour, Lottery Corporation, QBE, Centre Group, Domino's, and Hub24. Uh, mate, and Peter wants a view on the lottery group, uh,
2: Powerballs, that sort of thing. Yeah, I had my biggest win. I won 80 bucks. Yeah, I oh. normally only win. Maximum was 20 Is that why oh, you yeah. You sure? Um, and well, no, It didn't last long. Oh, yeah. Cash is a bit out of my wallet. <laughs> uh, you know, family took it. Uh, cash is hard now to hold on to. Um, yeah, look, you know, you, you got to love those things, but they don't last. TLC, it's, it's a yield player, right? It's like 2.7% yield. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, I guess, and you're paying a high multiple for it? Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. And I'm going, uh, no. Right. Uh, so, you know, I just don't see why you're getting it. Um, if you want to yield right now, you need to get a good yield. And that right. ain't a good yield. So what's your definition of a good yield? Well. The bond yields are sitting at 4%. Long-term average, I think it's going to be around 4%. Mm. So if you're going to get a yield stock, it needs to deliver 5%, 6%. Mm. Right. And you do not buy a stock at peak multiple for 5 6%. So that's the risk return. You've got to find something that's going to be growing and still paying you 5
0: 6%. Right. OK. What you want to do is find a yield that is growing. Mm. No one's going to offer you a 6% yield um, at the risk-adjusted terms sure. that the price you're comfortable with. You need to identify a stock where the the yield is low but reasonable, but can grow into something more substantial, um, and that's a lot harder to do. Um, it's not this stock, I don't think it is. This is one of the best businesses on the ASX, um, without a doubt. I would love to own this one day, um, but it, the valuation, geez, it makes it tough. Um, they also have a when TLC got separated from Tabcorp, they all the debt in that in that structure was piled onto. Um, TLC um, so they're sitting on an awful lot of debt right now to offset that they do hold on to about half a billion dollar of, of customer cash so yep. high interest rates um, mean increasing money increasing returns on that float but also higher yep. interest payments so it maybe it's not as bad as it seems but I, it's very hard to see this thing growing into a, a significant yield so I'm with Maith actually I, I think this yep, is probably, probably a sell yeah. reluctantly right. It is yep. a very high quality business, but um, well into the price. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, Warren wants to view on QBE insurance. Uh, both Gorab and Nathan have had a love-hate relationship <laughs> with General Insurers for me- ever since I've been doing the call. It's been quite amusing following some of their comments. Um, is this as good as it gets for General? Of course, insurance <laughs> increasing insurance premiums, while well, the major drivers of inflation yes. over the last eighteen months, yeah. Invest, um, investment markets are up at the moment. Mm. Interest rates are up. You know, it is just a, 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 a beautiful coincidence for yes. general insurers.
0: Yes, it is. The the stars have aligned now. We need a new rule here. The next time we're discussing QBE or general insurance, yeah. we need a sofa or a couch. <laughs> I, can, I can lie down <laughs> and, and pour everything out. I think the viewers know. It's uh, like doing
2: psychological damage on Gura. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Every time they go, I've let's scared. talk QBE. They never uh. talk about IAG. Let's talk QBE. Yes, That's right. It's never IAG. <laughs>
0: um, i just been. Every way you can be wrong on a stock, I've been wrong on this, wrong on the way up, wrong on the way down, wrong in the cycle, wrong out of the cycle. God, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I clearly have no idea. I will say that um, this is a black box. Yeah. theres I've, I've read broker reports and the, and the insurance brokers are very smart. They are... Selected because they, they're technical people who understand insurance. So these aren't oh. dummies at all. The insurance stockbrokers, analysts, the, insurance the analysts,
1: sorry, analysts the insurance analysts, analysts, analysts rather yes. than the yeah, not the brokers. I broker. won't yeah. say yeah. anything about <laughs> them. But
0: the insurance analysts are top, top-notch yeah. analysts. They really understand this. They do great work on on the insurance industry. But um, I think they even they struggle to understand what's happening in this business. And because the company is a no one knows. Mm when you're buying this business, you're not buying a set of outcomes or, or anything like that. You're, you're buying um, just on the ability of management to, um, to manage risk and yeah. then to generate returns that can be from interest rates, the float, or from um, insurance premiums. You, you don't know what, what, which lever they're gonna pull. You don't know what markets are gonna do. I, I just can't buy this. There's just no, there's no room here for um, an edge to be formed. You know, my, my opinion on this stock, offers nothing compared to the next guy. You know, there's no differentiated view, there's no insight, there's no edge. Uh, There's nothing to be gained. This is a play on interest rates, and if that's what you want to do, you can do that. But as a business analyst, hands, finger in the air, I have no idea. Yeah, and and that is the honest response from any analyst, no matter how Hmm. good you are or how technically you're inclined, you just do not know about, about insurance companies. Um, you're right to identify all those trends. Everything's going in its favour at the moment. I would, um, instead of looking at these insurance businesses, I would look at the brokers. Yeah, even the insurance brokers they've, are they've around. had a even bigger AUB so, yeah. steadfast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those guys, those are incredible quality businesses. You can actually add um, insight and analysis to those companies. Right. Um, and they're little toll roads on the insur- in the insurance market. Because they're quite businesses. simple
1: businesses, aren't yes, they? they? They just
0: are. clip the ticket of the higher yeah, premiums that's
1: right. rather than take any risk. And there's
0: um, a clear growth runway from them. They just, um, they're just consolidators who can aggregate and actually right. their scale adds benefit. So there's there's rationale for the aggregation. So I think those are where I would look. Um, and yeah, this is just too hard.
2: Yeah. I love whenever I tell Gareth, the dumbest way to buy this stock is every time it goes to a single digit you buy it right i laughed at you when you said that that has actually
0: proved to be correct <laughs>
2: because it's yeah. so stupid but every time the cycle happens i go oh my god that is exactly how it works right it's and funny i right? have
0: no idea this is, why. Why. this is 30 or 40 years of experience <laughs> i don't know how many degrees Nathan has how good he is at math and his advice is buy when it's in the single digits <laughs> and I, every time it goes i'm going that thing's going to bounce, and I'm going to not buy it. And then I'm going to look back and be angry.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and you are. Well, we we actually got into both IAG and yeah. IAG did nothing for years, but they were high quality. I mean, I said high quality. They dominant players in the market. You knew that they weren't going to get suddenly disappear, and you would have a cycle. Yeah, and you you're there for the cycle, and it's it basically correlates with bond yields. Right. Um, I had a friend who worked at QBE risk management. My Ooh, God, a I nearly job. choked. The kind of things I hear, but mm. but the reality is, it is a science project, right? Yeah. It's hard. Right. Risk management is hard in those kind. But it's the longer term trends are. It trades with bond yields. Bond right. yields are going up. These stocks are going up, and the bond yields have now started to bounce. The stocks are bouncing. Right. Um, and so it's well, been it's five bo- year high. Exactly. And, but look, we all, this is every cycle. Everyone looks at it with anger as it runs up to like 20 bucks. And then every broker has a buy on it at 20 bucks. And then it <laughs> yes, just so goes, thank so. you, Lord, yeah, yeah. and get out. Uh, so- Are you getting out? We got out, actually, we got out around 16 bucks. Uh, we were out and it's running again. Yeah, but here the risk return for me doesn't quite stack up. Right. These are not high quality businesses. I want to be there when nobody wants it. We were there, QB and IOG. Now it's pretty much in indo- So you'd sell
1: at
0: those
2: things? I, I would start to take some profit, right. gradually take profit. Well, just, yeah. just to
0: be clear, the reason why it's um, impossible to analyze is because the profits they write, um, you can choose your profit number. You can write as yeah. much business as you want, collect all the profit upfront, report it, look like a hero, and the impact of all that business writing only kicks in years down the line, so you right. never know.
2: I, I was yeah. told that when I was young and dumb, and it's like, this has got the perfect quant signal because it was in the old days, they used to manage the upgrade. Yep. It was like they f- they're feeding the quant system, right? right? It was beautiful. Everyone loved it. And my old boss uh, is a lot older than me. And he said, don't fall for it because it's managed right. upgrade
0: cycle. When it stops, it's going to get ugly. Yep. They have so right. much discretion about how to report profits, how, yep. what their number looks like. And I think you're on the money there. Yeah, so you've got to
1: be
2: careful
0: here.
1: All right. Uh, Mm. Next up, Riley wants a view on Centre Group. Mathan, the the Australian, basically the Australian Westfield shopping centres.
2: Yeah, look, um, I'm bearish retail, uh, I'm bearish uh, property, uh, but you go to, my daughter works in shopping centres, I go to shopping centres, people are there. Mm. Um, It's a bit like retail. The backward looking data is still going to be solid, mm. right? So it's hard to get. But for me, um, you're, what are you buying it for? Reach, you're buying it for the yield, right? When you got 5% at the bank, mm. um, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, so it, I think it's good assets, but it's not the cycle for it. And, and it's not. you're not getting it cheap. I mean, it's bounced in the last, what, uh, four months? Yeah. It's gone it's from 240 to 240, it's 350, 20. yeah. So you, your upside is taken. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be there. Hey, you could look at rural funds, right? Which is a, a you know <laughs> agri property trust. Yep, pays a five six percent yield, and you know and then net asset value so is going up. So it's a farming
1: property trust, farming, exactly. And so that's a different
2: exactly, and it has a different thematic that is still improving. Right. Where I think for this one, I think it's curbed. I think it's good solid asset. If you if it comes back to the bottom end of the range, I would be interested, but it really doesn't.
1: Trying trading range, doesn't
2: it? Well, it really, it's no, basically right. moves around with interest rate expectations. I right. mean, it just moves hard. So when your people started pricing in fair amount of cuts, the stocks right. run out. Right. So I'm not buying it here.
0: Okay. Gaurav, would do. This is a really high-quality collection of assets. Really tricky one. Um, I'd say it looks about fair value. I, I generally look to buy this when it's a 30% discount to book. It's currently 10% discount to book. And... No, no. I think that's probably fair. Given See, That's one of
1: the lower discounts is. of rates. Yes, it I? is. Yes,
0: And it's closed quite rapidly. Even a few months ago, the discount was quite large. And right. it has narrowed because the operating metrics coming out of the business are incredible. Hmm. Um, the um, leasing spreads have actually improved, which really surprised me. Um, 99% occupancy. Management has shown they can be very nimble in who they um, put into these shopping centres. And if you think about where the um, retail industry is headed, These pure online retailers, I think, have really discovered that um, rather than having Google as their landlord and paying um, these search charges, it's better to have a physical location and as well as a website and so so physical adds a lot of value and so these guys hold quite a bit of power in Australia. These are a really good collection of assets, Um, CPI rent escalation as well, I mean some of these rents are, I was shocked to see the extent of rent rises that they're managing to push through in this environment. It is
2: massive. Yeah.
0: So I would I would hold this. This is not quite right. cheap enough to hold, but this is a um, yeah. But I I pop this on the watch list. This is the right place to look. I I think this is a very savvy place to look at the moment. REITs are still hated. Um, yeah. A lot of them are on big discounts. There's a lot of strong narratives about retail and the office, and you just want to test some of those. I think the consensus office is views.
2: unwinding a bit, and I suspect the red cuts won't play out like the most optimistic view right now out, out in the market. Yeah. And so I would expect the REITs to come off and that's when you go you should go but shopping. the REITs will seem to be,
1: just to me, to be all lumped in exactly the yes. same. Yes, so I think so. so. Yeah. Why would National Storage and Abacus be on 30% yeah. Yeah, discount yeah, yeah. like I think that's right. a, a office rate. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's
2: a sector, the, sector um, ETF dumping. So yeah. it just gets hammered, right? right? And so that's the opportunity. So okay. I think there are some winners in this one. But I want the uh, red card optimism to get cut up yeah. and then they'll, this will come off, and that's when I would okay. literally go shopping.
1: All right. Uh, speaking of uh, dumping, mm. uh, our next dog, yeah. Domino's Pizza. Uh, Alexis wants a view on that. It just seems to get a bit of momentum and then gets, <laughs> and then gets hammered again, Gora.
0: This is a very difficult one for, for me, actually. Um, I haven't formed a view yet on what to do yeah. with Dominoes. We hold uh, a little bit left. We have a small positions left in our portfolios on this. I don't hold the stock any longer. Um, I sold it to buy coal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, but this is a tricky one. Yeah, I, I would, uh, f- to me, from the outside, it looks as though I have been, I mean, I have been very supportive of the CEO. I think he's done yep. an outstanding job over a long period of time with a business when he ran and floated it, it wasn't great. And he's turned it into a wonderful business with terrific economics. The Australian business is still firing. You look at those results and the Aussie Mm -hmm. business is killing it. It's these international businesses and the rollout that is now being challenged. And I think just listening to management on the call, I think management is not quite on the ball about some of the changes happening in in the international portfolio. And they seem to be in a little bit of... um, Uh, denial about what they might need to do to fix it. The balance sheet is what concerns me now. I know you do your regular checks on cash flow and interest. It doesn't look like it's in danger at all. But um, they carry a fair whack of debt um, and it only takes a small amount, a small decrease in in cash inflows um, to start questions being raised about covenants. and and the balance sheet and you don't want to be there when those questions start to be raised so for me it's probably a, a sell and just step away okay. for the moment but this has been a really good business for a really long mm-hmm. time it has fantastic marginal economics the management team is incredibly dedicated um, to the task this you know this this could go the other way as well this could be an opportunity i'm i, I just think this is one where you want to sit back and just watch for a little while um, from the outside, and they've got to clean up offshore. They need yeah. to fix offshore. I, I, what I'm looking for, really, I just need. Um, I want to hear management sort of admit that they have an international they a problem, company. right? Yes, and they don't seem to quite do that. I probably want to see some repair of the balance sheet, and that will give me a bit more confidence as well. What we've learned from Star and Star was a disaster for us last year. Yep. Well, what we've learned from Star is that um, no matter how good the asset side of the balance sheet looks, if the debt is large enough, um, it, once you have a little problem in the operating business, the debt can just wipe you out. Right. And I don't want that scenario to play out with dominoes either. You've got an operating business that's now a little bit fragile. You've got a, a balance sheet that's not bloated, but it's kind of heavy and you don't want any change to that operating business to impact the balance sheet. Right. So I'd step away for now, but keep it on your watch list. This is a very good business. Mm. I'm sure it'll bounce back.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's been tough. Mm. Um, we were we got out of this one with the growth stocks. No,
0: we did. I wrote it down a long way. Yeah,
2: a long way. And we got out, not because it was bad. It was just yeah. price for
0: too was. much, way too much. Yeah.
2: Um, I know he falls in love with the CEO.
0: No, it's not yes, that. It,
2: when TPG, <laughs> I'll tell you. No, or no, I, I, I love that. But then, that, <laughs> Ellison. listen. That's yeah. good. It works in yeah. some cases. It doesn't mm. work on others. I mean, that's just nature of it, right? We try and judge things. We try and judge by numbers. You try and judge by what they've done. Yeah. And I, I mean, I respect that. And for me, I don't have that view. So that's why I like listening to other people who mm. have that view, right? Mm. Um, this is one I was looking at. I mean, the guys. Talk. I look. I get a lot of Domino pizzas. Mm. yes um, and so I, look I like what they've done and it was just overpriced it came off but it's had numerous downgrades and, I, and that's what I'm saying yeah. when you get in a downgrade so I go yeah. wait for the first upgrade and every time the stock runs up into the result and it always worries me and I actually thought this time it may be different so yeah. I thought it might actually come out alright and I go yeah I'll, I'll let it run because it's got a decent upside so yeah. I'll let it run wait for the if it's a good result it'll pop that's okay I can chase it it didn't. It right. Got hammered, and everyone else mm. was in the same board. They bought into it, thinking that it was going to be a good result.
1: Yeah. Because um, they believe in the management.
2: Yeah. And it's I, got such and a good I think reputation right now. Um, you know, Guruv loves management, and he is showing down. Yeah. So mm. that is what the what the market is yep. saying. Yep. So I would not buy it. I, this is now has multiple times disappointed me. Even though we're not there, we follow it because we think it's cheap, um, but it hasn't executed. Yeah. So. I'm not touching this till it delivers the first upgrade. Okay, so. all right. Uh, and Smith wants
1: a view on Hub24, Nathan, the, mm. uh, uh, the big wealth platform.
2: Uh, it's, it's the best performer net with wealth net and wealth. and Hub24. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like 90 PE, uh, mm. no yield. Um, what are you buying it for? Growth um, stock? It was, but I think that's pretty priced in. It needs to grow, keep growing to Jeez. keep it. Jeez, that, um, that, that chart looks like a gross stock though, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably grown. Um, I, I have to say, uh-huh. on the numbers, mm-hmm. this was probably looking expensive a lot earlier, yes. but the banks badly managed the, their part of the business model and these guys just <coughs> net wealth and har- Yeah. I mean, I remember, I forgot the other one that so, Friends so, of mine was sort on.
1: of what uh, I, I often uh, say what car sales, REA and SEEK did World to school. traditional media. Yep. Hub24 oh, right. and NetWealth did done, to AMP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
0: yeah. a good way I yeah.
1: like that. Yep. Yeah, AMP. Uh, just
2: disrupted oh, those traditional um, wealth managers. Mm. Yeah, AMP, the biggest disaster in uh, yeah. our market. Um, oh, look, I think they've done well. I mean, they're good. Um, and I have to give credit, I had a couple of analysts. one guy actually bought a PA mm. when he was, like, at the starting phase. Right. And he made mm. an absolute murder. Yeah. He sat through the whole thing. I can give him credit for that. Um, and look, I think this, they've done really well. The the dynamics in the sector has played to their advantage. Um, but geez, uh, it's priced in. It's like you're not you're not going kind to of shock anyone by saying Hub's doing well. Right. Um, I remember this <laughs> friend of mine working for a competitor said actually they have a better customer service. I went oh my god, I should be buying them. But right. everyone knows yeah, so yeah. it's good if you're there. You're not going to care. You do done well. You take a you know you got a buffer. But new money, new no. right. Okay, take profits if you're in it. <laughs> Nobody will. Yeah. Uh, but so hold. I, th- I think it's a good solid hold. If you have better opportunities, then I would sell. Yeah. But yeah,
0: yeah. I've looked at this um, again and again over the course of its uh, life, and never bought it. Um, missed the whole thing. We've looked at net wealth as well and probably preferred net wealth um the reason is there's some, been some questionable capital allocation decisions here um the, the purchase of class just was very strange and i still don't understand where that business fits into the larger piece for hub24 but um geez you got to hand it to them this this fua growth is 100 mm. billion dollars They're on mm. every um uh, everyone, every, everyone's list and It's easy now. They're set up, so the inflows come pretty effortlessly now. And even though margins continue to fall, um, profit margins are offset by the massive growth in FUA. So uh, I I probably would still sell it. I just think it looks very expensive. It's been the wrong decision all the way along, (laughs) but I'd still do it. it,
2: It's it's one of those things being where we are. We have psychological damage with some of these things where you go, yeah, "Yeah, it's expensive at 10. it's expensive at 20, uh, it's expensive at 30. <laughs> well, it's good to
1: say you're only human too. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, even, even with the data anal- analytics, it has limitations on things that do these kind of phenomenal yep.
0: growth, so yeah. You know, do you know what you talk, I think is just, I do not understand is ProMedicus.
2: Oh, like, don't. I, you can we, mean, have it, we have it I, in the I, fantasy I, portfolio, yeah. you know why? And I, I can plainly say, it. look, it has great updates, it goes up. And I am not a doctor, I have no idea, (laughs) but it, it keeps doing the right things and it keeps going up. When it does the first bad thing yeah. i am throwing the kitchen sink at it
0: yeah. That's people who a lot of people who own that stock have no idea what it does yeah, how it does. makes money. i think yeah, yeah. people have just bought that because it keeps going up now that 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 feels yeah, yeah. like a bubble stock i think it's no sense claude walker claude uh, <laughs> I know he's,
2: but he's, <laughs> he's picked up he, right from the very start he, exactly like I, I give credit to people who do that and yeah. claude's yeah, yeah, yeah. been on that thing from day one and i understand the logic at hope he yeah, but at the start I can understand the yeah. logic. Yeah,
1: I but think now. he's bought a new house, but anyway. <laughs> <A couple. laughs> the house that Pro Medical's built. <laughs> All right, legend. Let's, let's uh, recap the uh, the final five stocks. Mm. Uh, Lottery Corporation, a sell from Gorab, No from uh, Nathan. QBE uh, take profits from Nathan. Um, GORAB wouldn't be in the general insurers, but in the insurance brokers, the AUBs on Steadfast. Uh, Centre group, a hold from GORAB, no from Mathan. Um, um, he prefers in those, those REITs, rural group. Uh, Domino sell from uh, GORAB, no from Mathan. Uh, sell on Hub24 from Gorev and a hold from Mathan. Um, just a reminder, Car Group CEO, the old car sales, mm. uh, Cameron McIntyre joining us at 3.10 this afternoon on the back of those results today, 3.10 Eastern only on Ausbiz. Uh, and also um, coming up um, on Osbiz on the on the 14th, uh, we deliberately didn't get these two. Guys, on, we've got a Valentine's Day special at the time. <laughs> They're not that romantic. So it's it's all the romantic stocks we're going to be having a look at. That's so uh, We'd have been uh, a violent Valentine been, if we were there. Dusk. Yeah.
2: <laughs> dusk, dusk, will be.
1: dusk yeah. yeah. All of those, all, all the candles. Oh, yes. uh, I chucked in Treasury White. Oh, yeah. A good bottle of red is, nice, right. should do oh, well. Really good. Um, but uh it's Thomas and Nara from Deep Data mm. Analytics. Good to see you mate. Nice great to uh, From Smart Invest, always great to invest smart. <laughs> intelligent uh, investor. Uh, intelligent really. investor. Yeah, yeah. investor. I always keep saying intelligent investor. I thought yeah. you may have wanted to change that, but mm. uh, always great to have you on board. Thanks, uh, Goshi. A lot of fun. That's our show for today. If you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our expert panels, go to osbiz.co slash callpix. And like a lot of our viewers today, Put all your comments and questions attached to it too. It's really good. Uh, or send us your stocks, um, uh, tweet us via X using the at TV handle. Uh, see you same time tomorrow for another edition of The Call.